Hi, welcome to Promo Insiders, a podcast from ASI's Counselor Magazine. In this series, we'll be tackling the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting subjects like tariffs and COVID-19 to fun trends and new opportunities. Promo products are a worldwide industry, from international supply chains to North American firms increasingly pushing into the European market and vice versa, the industry is becoming ever more global. With that in mind, today we'll be getting an international perspective on how the coronavirus pandemic has impacted the European promo industry, including looking at how things are going now that the lockdown restrictions are starting to ease in certain markets. Here to provide perspective are two veterans of the European promo industry. Michael Freider is Managing Director of Germany-based PSI, Europe's largest network of promotional products companies. David Long is CEO slash Executive Chairman of Sourcing City, a trade service organization that provides a suite of solutions to the United Kingdom's promo industry. You won't want to miss this discussion on how Europe's promo pros are faring during these unprecedented times. All right. So again, Michael, David, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate um, the perspective you're going to give us on the European market here. Um, let's just kind of start where with the status of things right now. Um, and Michael, maybe we could start with you. What are things like um, uh, in Germany, uh, on the continent in general for the market? In general, I would say it's it's not a big difference between Germany and the continent. I mean, if you look to the European continent, mm-hmm. We're talking about more than 50, 57 states in geography and uh, 27 states in the, within the European Union. Uh, but, but starting uh, with my home country here, uh, Germany, which is the uh, most comprehensive and biggest market we have in Europe, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. It is, uh, I always talk about the magic number of 80% down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear that also from the U.S. It's, it's funny, funny, but it's it's uh, it's really like that. Mm-hmm. When I talk to distributors and when I talk to suppliers, uh, they are most of them working short. That means they reduced uh, their their working hours. They reduced their stuff. Mm-hmm. The last couple of months was dramatically. If you look to specific other states uh, here in Europe, like like especially like Italy or Spain, mm-hmm. at a complete lockdown. Uh, not allowed to to go out of the house. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think we will we will see end of the year what what the impact really is. But say it's dramatic. It's really dramatic. dramatic. All right. And David, for a, a UK specific perspective, is it is it playing out similarly there as well? Yeah, it's very much so. Yeah, it's very very similar position. Um, people have approached it in different ways, I think. I mean, when we did go on a full lockdown to 12, 13 weeks ago, um, slowly being released at the moment, but still people are still in lockdown in various situations. Um, when it when it happened, the I mean, the business just fell off a cliff, basically, for everybody it went to zero. And, but people took different attitudes towards it. And some people just shut up shop and went away and, and thought, well, we're going to wait and see what happens. And other people... Um, pretty much immediately sort of regathered themselves and said, okay, where are, what are our opportunities? Um, mm-hmm. What opportunities do we have in this situation? Um, there weren't many, to be fair, but some people have worked on that, that sort of direction. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've found some business, but there's, there's not a lot of business around. Not because the, company, the customers, uh, the end user customers, shut down, you know, and uh, 
they weren't there to, to even talk to. They weren't doing any business themselves. So it's quite natural what happened. Um, and we're certainly hearing here a lot of large corporates in, in the UK and not even planning to go back to their offices until even the new year, we've heard. Some very big organisations. Because the idea of creating social distancing in offices is quite a complex issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, the normal working environment just doesn't, doesn't work at the moment. Gotcha. All right. With all that said, where do you see things heading through the rest of the year and into 2021 for the market? It, it, it sounds like if that's an indication, it, it, it might not be great. But is there maybe any any positive signs that you that you maybe see coming to fruition over the next few months? I, I'm an so I think there is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some companies already have, have, are doing reasonably well on selling the PPE equipment. Mm-hmm. So new products, but into the existing market. So for a number of companies, that's actually certainly recovering some of the income that they lost. Um, we're, we're hearing of pockets of recovery. Some industries have continued to do well, funnily enough, throughout. Mm-hmm. So there are some industries, if, if you're fortunate enough, industries as customers, there's still business coming through the door. So um, what we haven't seen is a lot of businesses go out of, of business. Um, they've been... Okay. Very few failures in business as yet. Mm-hmm. As yet, all right. On, on that. So, um, but the way I see things happening is that um, we've been very fortunate in the UK that I think the government handled the furlough situation, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. Sure. Uh, where they paid the salaries of uh, 80% of people that have been sort of put onto a furlough uh, working from, oh, sorry, being at home, not able mm-hmm. to. Um, and that has supported a lot of companies and families through this crisis, which has, has been very good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that is now starting to be phased out between now and October. The, the percentage is going to reduce. Mm-hmm. The companies now, I think, are looking at what they see their business is going to be after the event. And it won't be what they did with a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, they're going to probably say, my turnover, I think I can get back to... 50%, 60%, 80% of my original. Mm-hmm. And then they will then restructure their business to the new levels of turnover. The, the real sadness here is that there will be redundancies. It, the, all that furlough is done is, is delayed. The, delayed the, it, okay. Yeah. There will be redundancies. Um, I think that that's going to have a sad effect on a lot of people, but... What it will mean, I think, is that it will return a lot of companies to profit quite quickly. Okay. I think if you if you imagine, if you've restructured your business to expect to do 70% of the turnover you were doing before, companies will start spending again. It's not mm-hmm. as if they don't have the money. And this has happened not because of any economic problem. This right. has because of a health crisis. Mm-hmm. So the economy, in theory, is still there. The money is still there. There's more money in the UK economy now than there were before we started because it's mm. quantitative easing. So that money needs to be set, spent. So I'm seeing the market actually regrowing quite quickly. Okay. Find themselves generating more business than they expected because I think companies will be cautious. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we'll be back to a profitable industry, albeit a smaller industry. If that mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. And Michael, for a, for a perspective from Germany and the continent, um, do you do you see that playing out similarly? Do you do you see a, a bounce back in that nature, or what do you see happening? 
Yeah, I think in general, speaking in general, uh, the, the business will get back. Uh, I have no doubt about that. But uh, in terms of what's going on with the industry, I, I think this is very much depending on the behavior and the entrepreneurial behavior of the companies and the owners okay. and the CEOs. What we have seen in the beginning of the crisis was a lot of a lot of uh, companies switched very quickly to to specific products like medical products like face masks and all the stuff. Uh, they've been creative. Uh, they came with online shops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. They went, they, they, the creati- creativity of this industry is amazing. And that was a very positive uh, impact. I mean, in those days today, uh, okay, I think the, 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 the market for, for medical stuff is more or less saturated. Mm-hmm. Looking into the future, I think, in general, I anticipate uh, that there will be a consolidation. Uh, that's, that's, uh, I think that's the sad news. And I think this will go on until the end of the year. Um, so far, we don't hear not, uh, too much. But what mm-hmm. we hear is that a lot of the companies are doing nothing for the moment. Mm-hmm. They're really shut, shut, shut down or locked down mm-hmm. uh, in difference to other ones. I have an example. I had a conversation last week with a big supplier. And uh, he, he, he did uh, his service hours. He expanded his service hours from 8 in the morning on Monday morning until 6 p.m. on Friday evening. Uh, Others, you can't reach them. Okay. If there is a quoting or questioning for an order of a product, we have a lot of suppliers facing who do not react at the moment. Mm -hmm. This is is a very very bad situation. So looking to the forecast end of, of the year, I think there will be some some huge differences, and those guys who are creative uh, will will definitely survive. And I also believe uh, that in terms of the sales process or the sales channels, we will have uh, specific changes. Mm-hmm. What, what I uh, forecast is also that uh, digital channels will become much much more important mm-hmm. than additional visit of, of a sales representative who is traveling all around all, all year round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is the experience we, we, we are facing at the moment, like what we are doing here, meetings through video conferences and stuff like that. That will be a complementary change in the, for the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think the, the, the money is there. I agree with David. And uh, the, 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 the message will be the it come back. I think it will come back as soon uh, as uh, they, they, we, we all know how to fight against COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. If we have uh, if we have uh, a victim over this 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 disease and this illness, then I think uh, everybody will become more open for investments as well. Mm-hmm. At the moment, the, the, beside cash flow, the most important argument is health for the people. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows uh, what's go- what's going on. I think that is uh, uh, that is has a huge impact for the moment, and I think this is uh, the same all over the continent. I mean, we see we see if you look to the other European states, uh, Austria opened again. Uh, from today on, it's possible again to travel to Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, France is opening very quick now. Because all, all the political, the governments have seen they, they have to bring back the, the economy. Mm-hmm. 
on the other side, we most most industries still facing uh, a lot of uh, issues uh, due to the lockdowns. So this is, will take time. Right. Michael, you used the word in there um, consolidation. Is that is that something that you see playing out in a very significant way for for our industry in in Europe? Do you do you see a lot of firms? closing down as a result of this or looking to be bought by larger firms or, or do you not think that we're there yet or is it too soon to say? That is really difficult to judge because of the reason of COVID-19 because uh, a structural change we have we in this industry uh, for years mm-hmm. and a consolidation in terms of mergers and acquisition is already there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially the smaller companies knows they know very well where their weaknesses are. The question is, did they accept it or do they change uh, the things really, like in terms of sales, uh, in terms of marketing? And uh, it's difficult to judge because we are all not interested that there is a huge consolidation. We want a growing market. Sure. Look to Europe in total, or the main countries, the main 10 countries with, with uh, uh, 14 billion in revenue. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And there is still so many opportunities in this market um, that uh, consolidation means for me only those companies. And this, it's not a matter of the size of the company. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's, it's more a matter of how... Uh, do they react on the crisis? And what is their vision? Mm-hmm. Do they have a clear vision for, for their company? And this, this doesn't matter if it's a small company, a small uh, distributor, or a small supplier, or a big one. Mm-hmm. The big ones are more often uh, the, the companies who will be sold or who merge with, with others. But we already have seen some insolvencies in this in this in the last couple of months. Okay. Uh, David, I'll just ask you this similar question, uh, particular to the UK. Do you, are, are you seeing accelerated consolidation now, uh, more M&A, or is it just kind of status quo? What do you see happening? Um, no, not, not really. I mean, you guys have been over a bit, haven't mm-hmm. done some cherry picking, I see. But um, <laughs> outside of that, the I actually don't think, I think we'll see less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and the reason for that is that companies, I think it will still happen, but I think that's a strategic thing that's been going on anyway, and companies that have those plans will continue with those plans. So I don't think that will stop. I think the, the reason I think the crisis is not going to create that situation is because of the way people value their companies. So if you're an entrepreneur that's built a business up to 5 million turnover or whatever, um you will be perceiving the value of your company being at that. Now, the reality is that company is all of a sudden now a three million pound turnover, or perhaps more, or perhaps less. But the buyer will want to buy it on the new shape of the company, and of course that gap, and it always is a gap between what the buyer is prepared to pay and what the seller expects for it. That gap is always a very difficult one to close. Mm-hmm. I think we're now going to find ourselves in a situation that gap is going to be bigger than ever and much mm-hmm. harder to resolve. So. Um, no, I'm not, I think there will be companies that will, as a result of this, actually go out of business. Um, so there'll be opportunities for people to pick up companies that have ceased trading. Um, distributor companies are always very, anyway, because it's, a, it's a really, you know, there's a few very large ones, but most of them are small to medium sized businesses that are based around the quality of the relationships. Mm-hmm. Of course, if 
tell the company and the staff change, then their relationships can break down. So um, acquisitions within distributors is always a, it's always a tricky one. And it's okay. Good process of the person, you know, the, the key people remaining with the company for a period of time until the whole thing is consolidated together. So, um, now I think it's going to be more casualties and people taking opportunities from um, the demise of other people, sadly. All right. Interesting. And, and one thing you, you both have kind of touched on here is that despite everything that's going on and the tougher economic conditions, uh, companies in our industry still have, you know, the ability, there's still self-determination that can happen. There's still, if you take the right strategy, ways to succeed. Michael, you, you kind of had hit on that point a few times. Um, one of the ways that companies here in the U.S. have done that is through selling personal protective equipment, medical supplies. Um, is that happening en masse in, in, in Europe as well? And Michael, maybe we'll, we'll start with you. Are you, are you seeing a lot of that, uh, the selling of your medical supplies, personal protective equipment, things of that nature? Yeah, it's, that started quite early. I mean, uh, it's everywhere. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. And and it was it was amazing. It was amazing uh, from from uh, from the bandwidth of companies who suddenly jumped into medical equipment. Uh, I mean, if we we look at the PSI show and and our categories. You always that always was a small segment, yeah. That disinfections and all the stuff, and uh, when when the crisis started, there was there was uh, suddenly a huge offer of uh, different stuff, especially focusing on the face max. I mean, this was politically driven as well. It was in each of the countries because there was a huge need. Mm -hmm. it was not uh, enough masks available. Disinfection was not available. Uh, we had here in Germany really uh, issues in providing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you saw from huge textile companies who normally only sell uh, in, into the outlets, uh, 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 they, they, they sold face masks for 15 euros. Yeah. In, it came down uh, to, to, the, to, the, to, the Asian, to the Asian stuff, which has been sold for 30 cents. Mm -hmm. so, so it, it was it was incredible. You you even saw it in the public uh, marketing uh, areas. If you go out to the street and use see huge posters with with QR codes, buy here uh, face masks. So that into all directions, including in into the end customer uh, uh, focus. Uh, that, that was an interesting and uh, also I must say a very creative uh, observation. This is going down significantly now. I would okay. say this is, this is this is saturated at the moment. It's saturated. How about in the UK, David? Um, similar. Uh, again, entrepreneurial companies got in quite early and, and uh, developed the market and did their research. It's mm -hmm. three things I would say have happened with the PPE market. I mean, one of the key things is um, the prices have come down significantly. Uh, what one stage, yeah, and, and, and you've never seen a product life cycle like it, really. You know, 12 weeks ago, people were making really healthy margins on a product, and the trouble with this industry is when people each other, they tend to go to the lowest denominator, which is price, and then all of a sudden it's being sold for a price where no one's making any money, right. So, right. which is quite sad. But, but, um, the second thing that is, and uh, it's a little bit disappointing for the people that did it, some people were. 
very enthusiastic, got in, made investments of serious money to bring the product in. Um, but of course, they to have stocks and then to sell to the market. Now, what's happened is, as a result of that, um, if they haven't sold all their stock, and some of them haven't, they're holding stock that is now they is now selling for prices less than they bought it for. Mm-hmm. The people mm-hmm. actually, you know, that have, have, have taken the um, bullet at the beginning have uh, suffered with some problems. Um, and the third thing is, we we have certainly heard of instances where. The quality of the product has been an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's another product. Yeah, absolutely. Selling stuff that is just not fit for purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think some people are having some issues with that at the moment. So I, I remember, just to interject for a second, um, I think it was in uh, Netherlands, it was a, a recall of about 600,000 masks because they didn't meet you know, the proper standards. And that was kind of a, a cautionary tale we held up over here to some, to our audience in the U.S. saying, hey, make sure you're buying these from the right people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Certification is massively important. Um, yeah, I've even heard third-hand, not directly myself, I've heard of stories of people that have had to deal with um, counterfeit mm-hmm. Because obviously people are taking it not, yeah, the the sources are taking advantage of the situation and selling inferior product. And uh, if you're not very careful as a buyer, you could be lumbered with some very un- un- unusable stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now you both are obviously involved with um, with with live events. Um, Michael PSI show is is the biggest promotion product show in Europe. What's what's that looking like for for twenty twenty one? Is I, I think the word I've heard is that is that you want to go forward with the live event. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? And maybe for American audiences who aren't as familiar, tell us a little bit about the show and just um, you know its relevance to the European market, and then also what you're planning to do for twenty twenty one. Yeah, we we are absolutely uh, looking forward for the live event in 21. So the planning process is uh, going on. And uh, of course, it will not be exactly the same as we are used to have in the past. Uh, Due to hygienic standards and concepts, we definitely need at the showground on the venue. Uh, But it is definitely important, and I think more than ever, that uh, our industry has the opportunity to meet personally. I mean, uh, we are also uh, we are in so- we are a social animal. Right? Let's say this: we want to meet each other. I prefer to sit together with you, having a beer with David, with you, uh, and uh, that builds trust. And trust is one very important uh, thing in our business life. So we have to see uh, each other in terms of networking. The other point is uh, this industry is living from products, from haptical products. Mm-hmm. You have to, 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 to feel them. You have to see them. That's a great point. That's the, the other reason. This cannot uh, be, be uh, substituted only by digital, uh, digital events. Mm-hmm. We definitely do digital stuff. Uh, this is what we are focusing at the moment in all of our shows. We are bringing in people for education, for seminars that works pretty well, I must say, okay. and it's uh, well accepted. Uh, we do with our product finder platform uh, as a sourcing platform. This is also kind of a, a virtual show, which is important where the suppliers inform their customers at the moment uh, very, in a very actual way uh, about uh, the situation they have. 
but we need we need uh, the platform of a face-to-face -face event and so we're looking forward to that in january I mean, the booking situation is, uh, if you uh, look to the COVID-19 crisis, uh, not bad. Currently, around uh, 400 uh, contracts, so that means uh, exhibitors. Mm -hmm. Of course, at the moment, it's not their main focus to think sure. about. This is no question about that. So, but we believe when we look at uh, the, the behavior in each of the countries at the moment, uh, the, 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 the freedom is coming back, the, 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 the social life is coming back, the economical life is coming back. So, so we think uh, this, this will definitely uh, become at the end of the year and especially beginning of next year, uh, the important point to, to meet again personally in Düsseldorf. All right, very good. Uh, David, how about you with live events that you're involved in? Exactly the same. Absolutely mm -hmm. exactly the same. We take exactly the same view with the same um, criteria of, of making sure that it's a safe environment for people to visit. Um, I think a lot of things are going to change, but what, what isn't going to change is that people want to meet people and have relationships and, and mm -hmm. physically touch the product. You know, all of these things that uh, Michael's just mentioned, uh, uh, we're taking exactly the same view. So we're Merchandise World will be taking place in Coventry in January. Uh, mm -hmm. And we'll be making some alterations to what people would um, need to make sure that it's the right right environment, but we want to keep the experience. So, I mean, one of the things, for example, we're doing is that in the show hall, every aisle is going to be three metres wide. So we're giving maximum. Okay, gotcha. Okay. We'll be looking at other things that we're looking at and putting plans in place just to make sure that there's... Um, taking out the risk that we can for everybody um, and uh, we're fully expecting it to be a very well supported and uh, enjoyable show. I mean people have waited a long time for this. <laughs> I was going to say that might be a factor too. People might be just so excited to get out and see other people and to see colleagues they maybe haven't seen in, in, in months. You know, I would think that would be a factor and if they feel safe enough doing it that that would catalyze things. I, yes, I absolutely agree and I, and I think the timing's really good for January because people have just been through Christmas and Christmas is a massive social time. You know, if people can't meet friends and family at Christmas, you know, it's going to be a very depressing place to be. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I think that'll be bad. People will be used to get, you know, even if, it, even if it doesn't happen before then, you know, but people will be used to being in contact with people again. And there'll be a lot of people that haven't seen people that they would have seen throughout the year. I'm talking about within the industry. So it's sure. a very social industry throughout the world you know we're a social bunch mm -hmm. and um people will be longing to get back and see each other and uh, hopefully it's gonna be one big party for everyone to celebrate getting through this i i, I hope it is it's uh, maybe i can get a ticket over we'll see <laughs> um more than well <laughs> um so that uh, just one kind of final question um just kind of asking for some bit of a loaded question maybe is there is there some silver linings that that you guys see coming out of this for the, for the industry maybe ways that that this whole situation has forced us to adapt that we might take forward that would make us better as collectively as an industry in 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 the long run and either of you are welcome to jump in on that one i'll go with that and i think keeping i mean i've already said i, I mean I'm, I'm sticking my neck out being optimistic and i'm seeing a v-shaped recovery mm -hmm. and uh, so i think we'll be back to a, a healthy situation i would like to think within six to 12 months. But I think the key learning that I've seen from this is that 
the uh, entrepreneurial spirit that Michael's mentioned and that I've mentioned has been very, very evident. And that, I think that comes down to an attitude of mind as well. So you've got to have the entrepreneurial skill, but you've got to have the right attitude. So if I was going to give any advice to her, not that I'm in any place to give advice, but, but my observation would be is that people that view life of a glass half full rather than a, half, a glass half empty are the ones that will come through this strongest. So look at the positives. Don't get dragged down by the negatives and just see what you can make out of it. Very good. Michael, how about you? I think that that's a good a good point. Be optimistic and look look forward. Uh, and and uh, one of my learnings is that I think most of the companies uh, at the moment it doesn't matter in which uh, phase they are. Uh, they know and they knew exactly about their weaknesses, and they've seen through this crisis very well that they know they have to act and not react. And I think this is very important for, for their future strategies and not just looking back into the wonderful past and not looking to, to left and right. What is he doing? What are they doing? To, to find your own value proposition. And I think uh, this, uh, there's, there's no reason why this industry will not become as prosperous as it was in the past. All right. You know what? I think that's a fantastically positive place to end. Uh, Michael and David, thank you both so much for jumping on with us for this podcast, for this perspective. Just any any final last thoughts, David? You look like you have something new. I do, I do have one last thought. Yeah. Today is probably the first time in 12 weeks I've put trousers on, so I just want to know. <laughs> well, thank, well, thank you for not sharing the visual. You know, with that. <laughs> that's funny. Well, well, good. See, we're all making progress. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, Michael and David, both. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate this perspective on the European market. Thanks again. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you, uh, thank you very much, and take care of you.